the fire. Welcome to Through the Fire, cutting through the passions, clearing the smoke of the cultural confusions of the world today. Talking God's love and God's solutions from a biblical Christian worldview. And now, here's your host, Marie and Gregory Seltz. Hello, hello. I'm Marie. And I'm Greg. And this is Through the Fire. Through the Fire. Man, it's great to be here again. It's You know what? I actually really look forward to talking to you about all the stuff we're going to talk about. Isn't that amazing? Do you really? Thirty-five. We're in our 36th year, baby. Can you I, imagine? No, it's gone by very quickly. What has? <laughs> it's been quite the ride. Roller coaster. Roller coaster. Of uh, love. Of love, yeah. <laughs> Dave actually played a different opening for us right before we came on. And so we're it's got a little us, bit. Well, yeah, we're in. We're kind of in Barry White mode now, right. or something. I don't know. That's right. I'm not sure if that's a good way to start or not. Oh, it surely is. But it is. sure put oh, a smile on her is. face. Thanks, Dave. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, if anything, Barry White encouraged people coupling and producing children. And today we're going to be talking <laughs> about censorship and misinformation, okay. especially regarding parents and children. Okay. How do you like that? How I braided that together. Here we go. I know. Here we go. But seriously, this is a pretty you important topic. You always do a good topic. job of that, yeah. Oh, well, thank you. No, it is important. This is, this is vitally important. In fact, one of the issues out there today is uh, parents' role with children and, you know, government and schools getting involved in that stuff where they don't belong and... It's becoming very nefarious. Right. And mm-hmm. it's it's happening throughout the nation, throughout the West, actually. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that, uh, you know, just kind of came across my uh, view this past week was the censorship. Well, I think it started with you because you do that vlog every week mm-hmm. and you were posting and you, well, you go ahead and tell what happened. Well, and one of the other things I do, I work obviously in in Washington, D.C., and kind of the censorship that's out there, the fact that the church is being muted, um, that there's all kinds of legislation that's that's actually trying to stifle our voice and um, put it in the basement, if you will, mm-hmm. or even legally make it um, unacceptable in the public square. Right. It limits the, the terminology you may use and right. so we the talk, topics you can talk about. Right. So we talk about this a lot because ultimately we're not fighting for people to believe in our voice. That, that comes from you know, persuading people and the power of the spirit and things of those natures. But it's about saying, wait, you don't have the right to shut us down. Right. And, and that's what kind of happened with you this this past week. Remember whenever you were trying to post something and it said you were. Oh, yeah. Oh, you act. Oh, I thought. <laughs> I'm trying to exactly, help you no, get to you, that. Well, remind me. Because a lot. Right. Of, no, we actually we were, were deplatformed. Right. And, you know, I'm thinking we're such a small, insignificant blog compared to but the big But they said folks. it's because you had uh, transgressed some of the social. Yeah, some of their social norms. Uh, and, yeah, on and, the particular, it was Facebook. Right. And so, again, when it comes down to those things, all so we were So you were an agitator. They well, were seeing you as an agitator. It, and, just and, for, and there was nothing wrong at same, all. Yeah, in traditional your, Christian worldview on stuff. Correct. And there mm-hmm. wasn't anything controversial you'd say, but all it takes is for someone to say that they're offended, which is why I wanted to talk about this this week, because whenever it first happened with you, I thought, oh, maybe you, because you were just trying to boost, uh, you know, uh, one of your postings. Mm-hmm. And I said, maybe they just turned down the credit card. And I, I just didn't think you would be censored this way, but you actually were uh, targeted and censored. So one of the things that I wanted to talk about because of that was this uh, book that uh, was 
banned off of Target because Twitter started sending Target some questions saying, why are you promoting this book uh, that is against transgender individuals? And it's a book by Abigail Schreier. Mm -hmm. And um, it has to do, she is a journalist. She is an opinion journalist, not an investigative journalist, but she ended up doing this investigative piece because no one would do it. Mm -hmm. And it's very well done. And I have to say, from a psychological viewpoint, all the things that she is actually saying in the study and in this book are actually true. And they're censoring it and um, not allowing it to be ordered anymore on Target and some other sites because of these complaints that it's offensive to the transgender community. What well, has a different opinion of the same science. Right. The, the thing of it is, is that everything in there is it doesn't have anything to do with that. It's specifically talking about information that parents really do need to know right. that involves their young daughters. Right. And she's specifically talking about the girls, not the boys so much as, as the girls, because she addresses such things as the societal reasons why girls have a propensity towards the this. And also she talks about the um, risks of hormonal um, uh, manipulation. Yes. yes. And just she goes on and on about it. But it's really, really good. So what, did you get a chance to look at the article like we were talking about? Yeah, absolutely. For me, um, this is scary stuff because as a, you know, when we're talking about serving our children, especially serving our prepubescent children up to doctors, school administrators, and, you know, disinterested know-it-alls, people who can kind of shut down the dialogue or can even take the dialogue away from those who really care about those children, th that should terrify everybody out there. I mean, mm -hmm. that really should, and it's not, because mm -hmm. we're saying, well, what's wrong with this? Well, what's wrong with it is the state's coming in and it's saying to parents, you can't do this or you can't have this uh, view of things, or we're not even going to let you access the information that you need. I think that's a good point that. what you just talked mm -hmm. about because the information that parents need to make decisions right now um, in her study, and I, I've known this for a number of years, I've talked about this, is the educational system. It started first at the university level mm -hmm. and then it started uh, you know, going down to uh, high school and now we have it all the way from um, preschool all the way through high school. These children that are having, um, I, I always have called it indoctrination because what it does is it sows seeds into the minds of these young children. Um, different propaganda. And right now we have transgender activists. I'm not talking about just transgender individuals themselves. I'm talking about activists, strong activists going into the school system and teaching the educators and the teachers. And the curriculum is now not available to the parents. And it's even it's, to be reviewed. No, at right. all. And the parents cannot opt out of this for their children because it's under the guise of anti-bullying education. Well, we can have a whole program about where all that came from. But I see this is, again, what people don't understand. We're not if people are struggling in particular lifestyles or issues that we care about people as they are. And we have no problem dialoguing with folks. But we're dealing with a political movement. And that political movement says, we don't care about you. We don't care about your viewpoint. In fact, we're going to make sure you can't have your viewpoint. So when they can start taking books off the shelf or when they can start book burning, that should terrify people. You know, book burning used to be a bad thing uh, for folks who were worried about, you know, freedom of speech and things like that. Now it seems to be a good thing for a lot of these folks who are indoctrinating our children. So uh, for me as a pastor, again, too, you know, the, the scripture gives us some guidelines on this. Honor your father and your mother. The, f the family is that first line of protection 
for our children as they struggle through, you know, the puberty and they struggle through all these kind of things as they're growing. The last place we want is some some of these, like I said, these know-it-alls who come in when our children are most vulnerable. That's right, most And start vulnerable. actually saying, but this is the only information you're going to receive. That's so right. if the Bible says uh, God created us male and female, no, we're going to go a whole different direction. We're going to confuse you about what all that means. And, and our point is, no, we have that ultimate responsibility for these children. They're our children. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we'll talk a little bit about some solutions later, but that's a big issue. Mm-hmm. That's a huge issue for, for parents out there today. It is because, like you were saying, that the, the family, I mean, that's where the children really need to make, making really strong decisions, life-changing mm-hmm. decisions, and parents are not being given the information that these children are being taught and told about. And then, not only that, but now the children have more power than the parents do to well, go behind the parents' back and, and Well, make more power to do destructive things to themselves. That's you know, right. because when you think about it, um, what, what's the old adage? You, a teacher cannot give uh, your child an aspirin, but they can take them to an abortion clinic without your knowledge. Mm-hmm. Well, now this goes, and they can also take them to doctors and folks who might start putting them on hormone blockers or all kinds of things. And you're starting to say, uh, excuse me, you don't have that right. I'm their parent. But they do in some states now. Well, that's the, that is a, that's and a, that's the issue. And that is a huge political issue. That was on the ballot as well. Uh, this last election. And here's something to think about, because like you said, first of all, they're they're talking to the children at the time when they're most vulnerable, right? Mm-hmm. So the girls specifically, because Abigail did, uh, you know, focus mostly on the girls. Mm-hmm. Well, when you look at um, puberty, right, and adolescence, children, especially girls, they're most in need of being accepted by their peers and the, the, the social circles. So right now in our society today, you cannot look around and see that there's not an assault on being a girl, period. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just stay with me for a second with this, because being a girl right now, you, ha- you look at Title IX, right, mm-hmm. where we were trying to uh, balance the scale with offering the same opportunities for girls to compete in sports. Well, now you have young, maybe average performing males in sports transitioning and playing on the female teams, and they're breaking all the female records. So if you're a young biological female, why would you even try to compete when you see all of these, you know, male transgendered to female athletes on your teams and and taking your scholarships? Secondly, Whenever they're going into the bathrooms, you have them in there, and and there's no protection for them. Mm -hmm. So right now to be a girl in this society is, you know, it's it's a very difficult place to be. And you look at the people that are being oppressed, all you have to say is, I'm more oppressed, I'm I'm marginalized, and then you're elevated. That's all you have to say. Mm -hmm. And so for a girl today that's in a living in a state of confusion with in adolescence, like it's normal to be confused. It's normal to want to separate from your parents. It's uh, a process, yeah. It is. But then, so why wouldn't you think, oh, well, they're telling me I can choose what my gender is. I don't have to be a biological female. I can choose to opt out. See, and the whole point, when we talked about the differentiation of male and female back in the day, it was to honor. It was to honor uniqueness. It wasn't to say, you know, one is better, one is worse. It's to differentiate so that we can honor the uniqueness. And that also then included protections as well. Well, when you go back to this egalitarian notion Mm -hmm. of this where there really is no such thing as male and female, you know, and I don't want to get into all that continuum stuff. But when you get to that kind of point, what you're really doing is you're putting people at risk again. Mm -hmm. And that that is the reality. 
reality. It, mm-hmm. That's there's there, what you said about girls being vulnerable again is absolutely true, and mm-hmm. it's happening all over the country. So again, when we start talking about science will save us, science will do no. There's science, and there's political stuff to science, and there's philosophical stuff to science, and there's moral restrictions on science for good reason because science doesn't solve the issue; it just tells us stuff. Right. And so again, I think you you know you're kind of going with how do we trust then this technology, this information? Mm-hmm. How do we deal with all this stuff mm-hmm. because we don't want to serve our children up to this? Right, and and there is a there. They have found that there's a strong correlation between, like you said, technology, specifically with the iPhone coming out in 2007 and the onset of these girls uh, experiencing anxiety and depression. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're looking at the use of technology today and, and how much we rely on it and the comparisons that happen whenever the girls are looking at their phones and comparing themselves to the ideal of beauty and one another, um, it's even more uh, compelling to think, well, maybe I can opt out like they tell me I can opt out. I don't need to stay in this hey, body. I don't need to stay the way I am. Right. And remember, Facebook started by rating girls and how they looked. Right. That's what it was all about. And when you talk about morality, mm-hmm. you know, people say, well, how can doctors profit off of this? How can uh, counselors profit off of this? And why, why are they doing this? Well, right now, like Eric Taxis has said, you know, they're, they're, there's moral cowardice. And a lot of it has to do because the licensing boards, a lot of the licensing boards right now have adopted this affirmative care where the child, if they come in and saying they're transgendered or gay, they are self-diagnosing. And that's that has to be accepted. Do you know that that's the only time that caregivers have to accept a self-diagnosis? No self-diagnosis, other, yes, yeah. It's affirmative care. You affirm what they're saying. Again, that's what I'm saying. There's there's presuppositions to this. There's a philosophy behind all this stuff that actually can dismiss certain data and accept certain data. And all we're saying is uh, keep the conversation open, keep the dialogue open, because you want the best information. Um, one of my favorite Bible verses is from First Thessalonians, where it says, "Examine everything. Mm-hmm. Examine every." So the Bible has no problem with examining, because the truth is the thing that always wins out. But hold firmly to that which is good and abstain from every form of evil. See, we we don't we are saying today in a lot of people's minds that there is no bad information. No, there's right. destructive information right. so we need out to there. Question everything. Right. And and again, as a Christian, uh, you know that God God actually wants to, he he's the truth. He wants to lead you into truth. He doesn't this is his world. He created it. He knows what how, how to use things properly, how to balance things properly, and that's one of the reasons why we fight for the parents' right to raise their children because mm-hmm. That child then is growing up in a home where they're confident that someone cares about them. Because I don't care what anybody says, a teacher and a bureaucrat, even a physician, cannot love a child better than that child mm-hmm. is loved by their parents. Mm-hmm. You know, even bad parents uh, are still on the continuum probably ahead because everyone else goes home after work and says, that's not my child. Right. right. Even the good ones. So if we look at these these kids that maybe are confused and they decide to go into uh, get um, assistance to transition and they start getting uh, hormone therapy, which is specifically testosterone, you know, some of the things I think parents need to know is that the girls are going to lose weight, which if they've been battling with their weight, they're going to be very uh, happy about that. They mm-hmm. will experience a, a, a euphoric 
kind of state of mind because it does deliver euphoria to them and it suppresses anxiety, which this is going to make them feel wonderful. So they're going to believe they made the right decision. Short term. That's right. Short Short term. term. But then let's say uh, if we went went ahead and waited it out, right, and they did not uh, get these delivered uh, medications and testosterone to them. I mean, most what we've seen is that these children as they grow older, will outgrow this confusion or they will outgrow it. Now, now that's not always to say that that's going to be the case, but there's, it's, it's safer for us to wait and see once they, they've, their brains have developed more and they've experienced a little bit of more life that, that they start making decisions like this to transition than just walking in and you know, being assisted by government workers and health care and education. Well, just think of, I mean, all the other protections we do for, for girls, especially, again, you know, at 16, you know, we say you can't really have a healthy relationship with a girl under 16 if you're an adult. We say that. Why? Because uh, there, there's, there's an authority, there's a power. She feels vulnerable to this. She doesn't have enough capability to make these kind of decisions. But in this particular case, we deliver them up. That's we right. deliver them up and we say, so again, just use our use the logic that's already out there. Mm-hmm. We protect our kids up to this point because that's why there's such a thing as parents and family mm-hmm. to actually protect our children so that some of these issues, uh, they may, you know, if they make this decision when they're 18 years old or when they're, when they're adults, then they can be, they can weigh the uh, consequences, although even 18-year-olds, mm-hmm. who knows, even at, in some of these cases, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, But, you know, again, it would be safer to wait um, until they've had a little bit more experience of life and gone through a lot of puberty before they start making these, these very uh, irreversible decisions. Irreversible. And, and that's, that's the right. hard part of uh, we've dealt, both of us have dealt with both on the political and on the um, personal side. We've dealt with people who've gone through these transition kinds yes. of things. You cannot go back. And then someone says- And some well, are very happy, let's be honest, at the end. But, but you cannot go back. And there are plenty of people who wish they wouldn't have done it. Right. Well, doing it to a child who doesn't have the capacity to make those kind yeah, of decisions, right. that is- heinous to me. Right. So. so why do you think that a lot of parents don't know that this is going on? I think there's a number of reasons, but what do you think? And um, so what do you think we can do to get better informed? And well, why is this important? Why does it matter? Well, first of all, it matters because our children matter. We love our children. Uh, we don't like to see our children suffer, obviously. There's a part of this where we've created this educational system that, in some sense, instead of educating our children now, it's uh, it's almost like they're the the psychologists in our children's lives. Uh, the, the school is supposed to be their new family, um, all these kind of things. And by the way, there are educators who actually believe this. So I'm not making this up. This is what they say the school's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And so once we have this notion, well, public education, it's, you know, everyone should have a free education. We just serve our kids up, Mm -hmm. assuming they're learning, reading, writing, and arithmetic. Right. Well, you need to kind of go, well, like you just said, they won't let you even look at some of the curriculum today. No. Why is that? Uh, People are not even enjoying being online now because parents can actually listen in and see what the teacher's actually saying to them. That's right. That's another issue we should talk about Well, later. But that's one of the reasons why. <laughs> so some of it is that uh, that they're hiding this stuff from us or they're using euphemistic language like the bullying initiative when they're really talking about bringing this presuppositional stuff, this new way of looking at male-female into the dialogue. Mm-hmm. Um, and then others is just parents, you know, just thought, hey, I, I never worried about it when I was in school because... 
I didn't. It, it didn't happen then. And one of the things that has bothered me with this is that if you are a social conservative or a religious conservative, they think that we have an agenda to try to incite hate uh, for people that do have transgender decisions or experience gender dysphoria. And we do not have that. It's. I mean, if a person wants to do that, that's fine. We just are saying. Please don't teach our children that. Do not uh, interfere with the family and what our values are. The word no is not a hateful word. Um, so let's <laughs> yes, take, it is. Let's take, yeah. Well, that's, no, actually, you're right. That's, anytime you say no to me, that's hateful. I mean, that's kind of the new, uh, the new t- intolerance. Um, so just, let's look at it a different way. So when someone says, well, we live together, well, the Bible would say, well, that really is a terrible choice because God can't bless that relationship because mm-hmm. commitment is first, not mm-hmm. intimacy. Mm-hmm. Um, and someone will say, well, you, you're a hater now. No, it's just that God has a, an ordering of healthy relationships. There's yeses and nos in our relationships. So just because we have a different no doesn't mean we hate you, no. or doesn't mean the Bible hates you. No, um, it just you have to work through that, and you can dismiss it if you're an adult. You can dismiss it and live the way you want. That's the That's freedom right. we have. What's happening today is if we have a different no than you do, there are those out there saying we'll litigate you. That's right. To silence. That's right. Um, that should scare everybody. Mm-hmm. Isn't that what fascism is? I mean, that's the whole point. Mm-hmm. And so we're just saying, look, you know, we struggle with God's yeses and nos too, like everybody else. And everybody does. Everybody or should. Does. <laughs> e- no, everybody does. Mm-hmm. And so we're not. We understand that other people have different struggles than we do. Um, but it's the same kind of struggle. If God says something, we struggle with God's word when we don't understand it. Mm-hmm. But uh, but again, to say I'm going to dismiss it and I'm going to litigate it out of the dialogue. Wow, that should scare people. So listen, you know, one of the things that we, we do want to teach people, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 10, too, we want to take every thought captive to the Word of God. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's about what is true, what is beautiful, what is eternal, what is wholesome. And, and so God actually says, uh, you're going to have to sometimes struggle with it because my words are not your words, my ways are not your ways. Mm-hmm. And so even as we deal with these issues... And struggle is good. Sometimes we think struggle is yes. bad. It is very important that we struggle. And that's the difference between talking about someone who's personally going through this mm-hmm. and talking about this political movement that we're mm-hmm. just trying to say no to. So because we're running out of time and there's so much to say, I just let me. can I just go ahead yeah. and wrap it up here? Please. So one of the things I want to say to parents is if you do have a child that comes to you and wants to talk to you about maybe their confusion uh, regarding their gender, you need to talk with them and listen to them. Um, Please avoid shaming them. Please avoid taking any action to make a proclamation that your child has decided to come out of the closet. Work with uh, your child through the family, um, through your close-knit family, because if you take an action like that and you you declare it to, to the public and to the community, then the child, if they later change their mind or decide it's not where they want to go, they may not feel that they can back out of it. Mm-hmm. So you don't need to take action like that. Just be a great listener. Please don't shame them. Um, and just work through it uh, and guide them through this. Pray with them. And one of the things I want to say, too, is really uh, please understand that there's a lot of this that is to being deliberately done to exclude you and keep you from your responsibility to assist your children. And you, um, you have a responsibility as a parent to step up and uh, take your place back on the platform there. 
Yeah, that one book, Get Out Now, um, I, I can't remember the authors, it just popped into my mind, but it was about the state of, they're public school teachers and they're talking about what's happening to the curriculum. You need to read that book and see what's happening so that you understand what your kids are facing when they go into the classroom today. Um, but again, for me, right now, as a pastor, as a Christian, the, the one big issue is uh, the family has the ultimate authority in these issues, mm-hmm. and we have to fight that back. I'm a big parental choice person mm-hmm. for this reason. Mm-hmm. If we're going to have these public schools that are going to tell us we can't pray, we can't this, we can't that, but we're going to force your kids to look at this and look at that or whatever, uh, we should be able to say, no, we want our kids to be well-educated in, in, in a virtuous education that we choose. Mm-hmm. And so we'll take our public money and go wherever we think that will happen. Mm-hmm. And right now, that's also... Uh, not being done. We're being forced to put our monies into these uh, situations, and we have literally no control what's going on, what's being taught to our children. Mm -hmm. So that's maybe one way we can fight back, too, besides you were talking about the personal way to deal with your children. Mm -hmm. The other is the political way is put authority back where it belongs with the family. Right. So uh, in closing here, I just want to say if you are going through any kind of transition, if you're, this is concerning you, if you're th- concerned about your relationship with your children or something going on with your children, you want to talk this through, you can contact us at Condescent Counseling and Coaching. You can consult with us for one session or many. Uh, you can do that by calling us at 714-381-2266. That's 714-381-2266. Or visit our website at cccc usa.com that's cc usa.com and of course as usual all services are confidential and folks I I would encourage you uh, to give dr. Maria a call I have conversations with this lady like I said for th- over 35 years and there's a uh, what I love about her um, is she has a wisdom about this stuff um, she can talk straight to you about things and and you know that she cares about you so if you need to, some, to talk to someone uh, to you know to keep this conversation going um, I would recommend it because she's always helped me. <laughs> whenever you need to I remember that. Whenever always. I bounced, you know, <laughs> needed to bounce things off her. And so to that end, you know, we know this is a tough topic to talk about, but it's Very. talked about in love. It's talked about with real concern. And it's talked about from the perspective that we've got a God in heaven who really does care about us. And, yes. and that's something Amen. we can share with each other. Amen. So remember, there are two kinds of fire in the world. One that burns and consumes. And the one that burns and empowers. May God's word and God's love burn brightly in you, giving you strength to face any fire. Till next time, little embers. I'm Marie. (laughs) And I'm Greg. See See you soon. soon. Through the Fire is a production of Family Vision Media.